You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast, UFC 259 edition. Um, we'll hit on the Adesanya fight coming up this weekend. We'll also take a little bit of a look at what's going on in the college basketball world. Um, and as always, give out some picks for that. So let's just get right into it. Let's take a little bit of a look back um, at how the podcast plays from Tuesday did. Um, now, admittedly, this was not very good. Um, we got a couple here pending on Thursday that'll hopefully turn it around. But as far as Tuesday and Wednesday went, we started out pretty bad. We started out with a cancellation, actually, um, in our MAC game on Tuesday with Ohio taking on Kent State. Game ends up getting canceled, so um, refund on that bet. The next game, not much different result. We had Tulsa taking on UCF minus four. Um, UCF does win this game by exactly four points, so we end up pushing in this one. UCF 73, Tulsa 69, um, and Tulsa really tried to come back in the second half, um, but ended up just falling short of that. They couldn't quite couldn't quite get enough points up to to get the comeback. So to be honest, we're kind of lucky um, that we ended up pushing this. How the game was kind of trending there in the last few minutes probably should have ended up losing this. But Isaiah Adams puts up 19 points for UCF in this one, and UCF did it. I mean, just across the board, these teams are pretty even in this game. You know, Tulsa just had a great second half, evening out some of those stat lines. UCF 12 re- turnovers in this one, Tulsa 14. Um, but UCF does sneak by, get the win, um, and get us a push in that one. And unfortunately, doesn't turn around for the final game of the day. We had Detroit minus one taken on Northern Kentucky. Um, Detroit ends up losing by one, 70 to 69. Marcus Wharton puts up 20 points for Northern Kentucky in this one. Had him sack a elf a heck of a game. I mean, really, I think the key that the reason Detroit kind of kind of struggled to get over the hump to get the win in this one was kind of their rebounding. Got out rebound 35 to their 22, um, which is just not a very good stat line. Getting getting that letting them get that physical against you up in the paint. So um, end up going 0-1 and 1 to start out on Tuesday. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't turn around for as much on. Um, Wednesday either we started out with Florida minus four versus Missouri Um, Missouri comes into this one after dropping a couple but they do find a way to win get a last second shot up um, for from Drew Smith um, in this one who put up 17 points in this game hit the last second shot for Missouri for them to win this game Uh, end up winning this game 72 to 70 and Missouri just did a much better job holding on to the basketball in this game only turned it over 13 times in this one well Florida turned it over 18 so um, start out with a loss there um, and it gets even worse. Another bad loss. <laughs> NC State uh, taking on Notre Dame. Notre Dame minus one and a half in this one. Uh, NC State, pretty easy win for them. Led the majority of this one. 80 to 69. Cam Hayes puts up 20 points for NC State in this game. And NC State just outshot Notre Dame um, across the board. You know, 54.1 field goal percentage for him. While Notre Dame, a 37.5 field goal percentage. So um, start out with two losses there. But we do kind of turn it around um, in the late game. Head out west for some Pac-12 action. Maction, back to action. Uh, gosh, the backs rubbed off of you. <laughs> Head out west for uh, Stanford taking on USC. USC seven and a half point favorites in this one, and they win this game really easily, seventy nine to forty two. Tajay Eddy puts up sixteen points for USC in this one. USC shot the ball very well from beyond the arc, hitting thirty seven point five percent of their shots from the three. Um, and Stanford only hitting 25, 4% from three-point land. So, um, so far as this card sits from last week, one, three, and one on the week. So not very good at all, but there is actually still three games in progress here on this Thursday night. Um, as I record, got Bellarmine minus five and a half for Stetson, Florida Gulf Coast, 
um, taking on Lipscomb minus four, and then Wyoming plus 16 and a half versus Utah State. So, um, you know, if we can, if we cash all of those, ends up being a profitable week. Um, if, if one of them loses, obviously ends up being a losing week, but um, kind of still got those riding. Hopefully we don't get swept. Hopefully we at least have a profitable night, at least go two and one um, for those picks. But that about wraps that up um for those picks from last week's episode so let's talk a little bit about ufc 259 this weekend so going into ufc 259 um it's a heck of a card you know got the three title fights um headlining the main event you know i've seen props out there (laughs) at certain books you know um will um will we have will we see how many title changes will we see um and i would say and i've seen the line probably about one and a half which makes sense you know um, Nunez coming into this one, I don't know anyone who's going to be <laughs> laying the plus 1,000 or the minus 1,000 on Amanda Nunez. I mean, she's obviously, I mean, I guess not obviously, anyone could lose a fight, but she's obviously the heavy favorite for a reason. I wouldn't imagine that one changes. Um, and as far as the other two fights, um, you know, Adesanya comes into this one um, as, as well, they both come in as champions, but Adesanya would technically be the title change if he wins. Um, so, I, and with him as a favorite, almost guarantee you won there. So it's really just the Peter Yan um, Sterling fight. Um, which we'll get in here to a little bit, but before we get into the main event, before we get into all of those, um, all those fights on the main card, let's take a little bit look at the prelim. There is one fight on um, this week's prelims that I like pretty well, and that is Sean Brady taking on Jake Matthews. And I really like Jake Matthews in this fight. Um, got him at plus one eighty. This line is kind of dropping, and I know it was as high as like plus two forty, but um, as of recording the podcast here, it's plus one eighty. Um, is what I'm able to bet it at. And Jake Matthews has just run a really good job um, in his last few fights. You know, one advantage that he has over Sean Brady in this year, got an inch more reach, um, which is kind of big, I think, for these two fighters. Um, and, and Jake Matthews also just doing a better job, you know, defending the strikes. You know, 63% strike defense. Um, Sean Brady, on the other hand, only 61%. Jake Matthews also just, you know, just in general, his defense absorbing strikes, um, very good. Only getting hit 2.12 um, um, strikes per um, per minute there and Sean Brady on their hand almost double that at 4.35 strikes absorbed a minute so um, like Jake Matthews as a decent underdog here plus 180 um, to win that prelim fight um, but that's about it for the prelims let's get into these three um, title fights the first one we got um, and sorry if I butchered these names because I am <laughs> not great with names we're gonna say Alamon Sterling versus Peter Yan Sterling comes into this one um, at minus 105 again another guy um, who's kind of going in that opposite direction, um, lean more and more towards favorite. Pretty even here, though, um, as far as the odds would say. Peter Yarn comes into this one um, doing a slightly worse job absorbing those strikes, though. Getting hit 3.25 times per minute, while um, Sterling only 1.94. Um, Peter Yarn also, his takedowns per minute, slightly under um, those of Sterling. You know, Sterling 1.89 takedowns per 15-minute fight. Peter Yarn only 1.46 in that 15-minute uh, fights. And Sterling just better strike defense in general. 66% strike defense um, for Sterling in this one, while Peter Yan 63%. Um, and, you know, Peter or, uh, uh, Sterling getting those four extra inches in his reach, I think that's kind of going to be a key factor here in this one. So, like Sterling, minus 105 for, um, against Peter Yan here. Um, and then as far as the Amanda Nunes fight, kind of hit on it just a second ago, but... Um, Obviously, I think she's going to win. <laughs> I would not recommend delaying the West one, minus 1,000. You know, if you think it's going to be submission or you think it's going to be a knockout or or whatever you think it was going to be, um, that might be worth betting if you really want to bet this fight. But to be quite honest, I, I would probably just lay off Nunez altogether here. Um, 
not not really worth <laughs> laying the laying some of these crazy prices that you're gonna have to lay. And I, mean, I guess obviously if you you think the under if you uh, going the other way, you think Nunes is gonna lose this fight. Um, that might be a strategy, but um, I don't know that there's a whole lot of people out there. Maybe just people taking it because it is such a big number. You know, plus eight hundred, <laughs> plus seven hundred um, can be hard to lay off of sometimes. But um, I will not be laying anything on that fight. Um, and finally, for the main event, um, Israel Adesanya taking on, sorry, I'm going to completely butcher this name, but Jan Bokowitz. Um, Adesanya comes into this one as a decent favorite, minus 220 um, for him in this one. One thing that Adesanya has done super well is landing strikes. You know, landing 4.1 strikes per minute. Jan on the other end, only landing 3.49 strikes per minute. Um, and it is, Adesanya is just a more accurate fighter in general. You know, hitting on uh, with 50% of his strikes. Um, accuracy there, 48% um, for Jan. And and Adesanya, just really good on defense, you know, um, as far as, you know, not let, not getting hit, not getting taken down, you know, a 65% strike defense for him, while Jan, uh, 54 strike defense. Um, Adesanya, also a pretty, really good takedown defense, 86% takedown defense, um, while Jan, 65% takedown defense. So um, really like Adesanya here at minus 220. So just recapping, um, the three picks that I like for UFC 259. We got Jake Matthews plus 180, um, Amon Sterling plus or minus 105, and Israel Adesanya minus 220. Um, so those are the three picks I like for UFC 259. I'm moving into a little bit of college basketball news here before we, um, you know, get into the picks for the weekend. The first thing we got recapping, you know, some of what happened um, over these week in games or these these week games here. Um, first thing, Villanova Senior Night end up beating Creighton, uh, which is a huge win for Villanova. But perhaps the biggest thing to come out of that game, Colin Gillespie um, is, I, won't, I don't know that it's been officially announced out for the season, but he, um, I don't even, had a knee injury, left a knee injury for him um, in that game and getting an MRI um, today, Thursday, as we record this. So um, we don't quite know the total status on him, but it seems very unlikely that he is going to going to see the court in the season so just a tough break for a Villanova team that has kind of struggled here you know losing um I can't remember, losing to Butler on Sunday um I mean they get it back here a little bit in the right direction beating Creighton here but um just a tough break for a Villanova team there um also on Wednesday night we had Missouri taking on Florida Missouri snaps a few game losing streak here um, had a little bit of a rough patch. They're able to turn that around, get a late second shot to go up and win this game. Um, so Missouri is looking to get back on the right track. Missouri um, is, I don't know, the SEC is just really weird for me this year. You know, you got teams like Alabama who sit who sit up top there. You know, Alabama, Missouri, Arkansas. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some. You know, Tennessee is not a bad team. But, you know, the, the kind of the two that I am really big fans of um, this season are Missouri and Arkansas. I think those two, if you're going to pick any SEC teams, um, in the tournament to make a little bit of a run. Those would be the two I really like. Alabama, not a bad team either. Um, but Missouri and Arkansas are kind of the two um, that stick out to me. And also you got Florida. You can't really, you can't forget about them, obviously. But um, Missouri and Arkansas are my, are my definitely two SEC teams that I'm that I'm a very big fan of. Um, you know, Arkansas, what did I say Missouri? And I don't know who I said. Missouri and Arkansas is what I meant to say. <laughs> I don't think I said that right. Um, but another team that I like going into the tournament, who has been on quite a win streak, is Wichita State, you know, knocking off Houston um, a few weeks ago, um, and they get a great win over Tulane on Wednesday night, you know, this wasn't exactly a a uh, resume booster by any means, but they needed to win that game 
in order to make the tournament. If they would have lost that game, it would be kind of hard sitting, you know, right about a 10, 11, you know, maybe nine seed um, at their current value. So Wichita State coming, I'll tell you this much. If you're a one seed, you definitely don't want to see an eight or a nine seed Wichita State in the second round. Um, you know, that in 2013, making that final four run, that's that they were, uh, I believe they were a nine seed when they knocked off number one Gonzaga. Um, in the second round, so definitely a team to watch out for if they make a run um, there. Um, and another team that you know kind of got upset, we got Michigan getting taken down by Illinois. Um, now Illinois, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to take Michigan down too far. Obviously, hard to put Mich- Illinois up too much. I mean, when you have two top five teams um, playing each other, it doesn't really the result doesn't really matter. Um, Michigan probably could have held it together a little bit better. Um, as far as, you know, how they're going to be looked at for that loss. Um, but if we're, in all honesty, a game that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of college basketball. Um, Michigan probably going to hold on to their one seed. Illinois looking like another possible one seed at the moment. And, and it kind of just solidifies Baylor and Gonzaga up top there. So um, not a whole lot of action, really. I mean, an interesting result is nonetheless, but not a whole lot of not a whole lot coming out of it. Um, but we do move out here to the Pac-12. Um, Oregon beats UCLA to be to currently they sit atop the Pac-12, get USC right on their tails. Um, but it, it'll be an interesting finish there. See who wins the Pac-12 tournament. Um, but the Pac-12, you know, we haven't had a. It's been a few years since we've had a, a decently competitive Pac-12. You know, um, I, the Pac-12 did have um, um, two bids in 2019. I can't Oregon and. I'm blanking on who the second team was, but they did. They had two bids, but they weren't. They got lucky um, in their conference tournament in order to send two teams there. You know, there was a very good chance that they would have only sent one in there last year. The tournament got canceled. They, I doubt they would have had more than two bids, but this year they are. They got a lot more top tier teams. You know, Oregon, USC, Colorado, all for sure teams. You know, you got teams like UCLA um, and, and other teams who are up there who who are on the bubble who could make it. So. Um, Pac-12 is kind of turning around from being just a, a laughed out um, conference. Uh, but one team that can say the same um, as far as getting laughed at would be Duke. Um, with Duke's loss this week, um, Duke is Duke's all but eliminated from the tournament at this point. There is very little chance that Duke is able to sneak in. Obviously, we could see something something strange happen. You know, it, it, one thing that I would love to see, um, which would just be an absolute hilarious matchup, see like Duke, Michigan State in a first four game um that that would be quite the matchup that would be just to see tom Izzo and coach k playing that um it also wouldn't surprise me if one of them <laughs> tried to try to get out of that game somehow but um that's that seems kind of out of the question here both those teams duke and michigan state seem like they just keep getting further and further away from a tournament bid so um i guess have fun in the nit duke and michigan state <laughs> um um, but one team that will hopefully not be playing in the IT, hopefully gets their name called Selection Sunday, um, is Drake. Obviously, Drake, um, if they win the Missouri Valley, obviously they'll, they'll be an automatic bid. But Loyola Chicago at this point, I feel like, has the better at-large resume um, for sure. Um, and if Loyola Chicago ends up winning the Missouri Valley and Drake's the team needing the at-large bid, I could see, I could see it, I could see a circumstance where they get left out. Um, I honestly don't think they will. I think they have kind of made a name for themselves as long as they don't have like an, a first round exit in the Missouri Valley tournament. Um, but the Missouri Valley tournament definitely got harder. They were hoping for Hemp Hill um, to make his return this weekend. Um, but unfortunately, um, that is not going to be the case for Drake. Um, and he will, 
be out for that um and hopefully back for the um for you know March Madness tournament um if you're a Drake fan you definitely want him back but um have to wait and see how all that shakes out but one thing that Drake's got going for him Darren Dervis wins Missouri Valley Conference coach of the year um so congrats to him Drake just an absolutely phenomenal season had a great early season a little bit of struggles here late um some key injuries you know the main culprit for that but um just interesting the last little tidbit here we got before we get into some picks Oklahoma State um, as far as right now, you know, they had that postseason ban that they appealed and whatnot. Um, right now they're in the tournament and with six days, um, to go until the, you know, the start of the big 12 tournament, um, it, it would appear that Oklahoma, the NCAA is not going to have any, any words. So it'll appear Oklahoma state will be playing in the tournament, um, this season, get, uh, get Kate Cunningham his year in the tournament and then probably serve their, serve their ban next season would be, would be my guess how all that plays out, but I have to wait and see what ends up happening. Um, with all that stuff. So um, that's about it for the college basketball news for the week. Let's get into some picks for this upcoming weekend. Starting out on March 5th, on Friday, we start out with Hawaii taking on UC Davis. Now, Hawaii comes into this game um, as slight underdogs here, two-point underdogs. Um, and Hawaii has played some decently good basketball in the season. You know, they come into this one as the 221st ranked team in the hot tip at rankings, UC Davis 208. Um, but Hawaii's, um, and they both, both these teams have good records, you know, Hawaii 10 and eight, um, um, UC Davis eight and six, nothing to write home about for sure for either of these, but, um, you know, Hawaii does have the, the slight edge there. He played a few more games and Hawaii has been shooting the ball very well this season, you know, hitting 36% of their shots from beyond the arc. UC Davis on the other hand, only hitting 33.6% of theirs. Um, Hawaii also just a good shooting team in general, 51 uh, Effective field goal percentage for them, while UC Davis only an effective field goal percentage of 47.5. And I think kind of the two real big points that stick out to me about this Hawaii team is just how good this offense really is. Um, you know, 201 in adjusted offensive efficiency, which, you know, isn't up there with, you know, the top teams in the country by any means. But it is slightly better than UC Davis. UC Davis coming in with the 245th ranked team in adjusted offensive efficiency. And it kind of shows... Um, and some of the stats, you know, Hawaii only turning the ball over on 19% of their possessions, while UC Davis is turning it over on 20.3% of theirs. Hawaii also rebounding the ball better, um, pulling down 29.1% of their rebounds off the offensive glass. UC Davis only pulling down 27.9% of theirs. So, um, you know, all those stats kind of going, yeah, sure, Hawaii has to travel to California for this one, um, not on the island. So they definitely have a slight disadvantage there. But plus two, hard not to take Hawaii here. So that's what I like. Hawaii plus two. Uh, for the first game on Friday. Um, moving on, the second game on Friday, we got Troy taking on UT Arlington. Now, UT Arlington comes into this one as four and a half point favorites. Um, and some things that are kind of interesting about this game, you know, Troy comes into this one 301st in adjusted offensive efficiency, while UT Arlington 180. Um, and UT Arlington has had some interesting games this season, you know, started out the season with Oklahoma State. Um, and right now they sit at 13 and 12, you know, barely above 500 Troy on the other hand um not really in any hope of a winning season at this point 10 and 16 on the season um, and Troy has really just struggled to shoot the ball this year only hitting 27.8% of their shots from beyond the arc UT Arlington on the other hand hitting 35.1% of theirs um Troy also just not a great free throw shooting team only hitting 71.1% of their free throws while UT Arlington hitting 72.3% of theirs um, and UT Arlington, just a better shooting team in general, you know, 56% effective field goal percentage for them, while Troy only an effective field goal percentage of 44%. 
Um, and this UT Arling team is just the better offensive team in general. 250 and adjusted offensive efficiency, which isn't anything crazy. But when you consider Troy's 336, you know, the bottom bottom 10%, bottom, I can't do the math quick, but about bottom 5% there um, for Troy and adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, definitely, definitely team that I'm looking to stay off of here. And, you know, UT Arlington at home um, in this one, definitely like them. So UT Arlington minus four and a half to close out Friday's card. Now, moving on to Saturday's card, um, March 6th, we start out with a SOCON conference tournament game. We got uh, East Tennessee State taking on Chattanooga. Now, East Tennessee State comes into this one as the 154th ranked team in the hot tip at running Kings, Chattanooga 159. Um, and Chattanooga has played some great basketball this season, um, just, just really outstanding basketball. You know, 18-7 and seven on the season, East Tennessee State. Um, barely above 500, but you know, still up there 12 and 11 on the season. Um, and the Chattanooga team, um, is just a very good offensive team in general, 142nd in adjusted offensive efficiency for them. Well, East Tennessee state 158 in adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, but the Chattanooga team is kind of shooting the ball. Um, just shooting the ball better, you know, 35.9% from beyond the arc, you know, East Tennessee, not horrible, 34.8, but is slightly worse. Um, but one thing that the, the Chattanooga team, as far as shooting has done very, very well, shooting free throws, 79.4% from the free throw line, East Tennessee state, um, 69.7. And anytime you're up there, 79, 80% hitting your free throws, you're going to be, you know, one of the top 20 or so teams, as far as free throw shooting in the country. I think their Chattanooga is like 15, somewhere in the, um, the mid teens there for their free throw shooting um and they also do a good job just shooting the ball in general um, from the field 51 percent effective field goal percentage for chattanooga well east tennessee state a 50.1 percent effective field goal percentage um and, and chattanooga um really closes out really does a good job not turning the basketball over only turns it over on 15.8 percent of their possessions well east tennessee state turns it over on 20.2 percent of theirs so like chattanooga to win this game cover the spread um in advance in the socon tournament uh, the next game we got on the car got an SEC matchup between Vanderbilt and Mississippi. Um, now, Ole Miss comes into this game as the slightly higher ranked team in the hot Tibet rankings, 60th um, in the hot Tibet rankings. Well, Vanderbilt 113. Vanderbilt also 7 and 14 on the season, so not having the season they want. Um, Ole Miss 14 and 10. Um, but with all that said, <clears throat> while this Mississippi team is a very defensive oriented team, it definitely shows up for their lack on offense. You know, we've been on Old Miss, or not, we've been against Old Miss um, here a few times this season, and it seems to work out mostly. Um, I can also say the same thing every time I've bet on Vanderbilt, which is once or twice this season. I don't know that I've won. Um, but hopefully Vanderbilt getting these points here will turn that around. And I think Vanderbilt's shooting um, it will just outscore Old Miss, be able to keep up against that defense, you know. Vanderbilt is currently hitting 35.4% of their shots from beyond the arc. Ole Miss only hitting 29.6% of theirs. And anytime you're under 30% as far as three-point shooting goes in this era of college basketball, really hard to win basketball games. Vanderbilt also better free throw shooting team, 71.9% from the free throw line. Ole Miss 69.6. Vanderbilt also an effective field goal percentage of 51.4%. Ole Mississippi only a 48.9%. Um, and while Vanderbilt does do a slightly better job not turning the ball over, only turning over on 19.8% of their possessions, Mississippi turning it over on 20.4% of theirs. Um, to be quite honest, that's that not a not a huge key factor. But Vanderbilt is just a better team on offense, 58th in adjusted offensive efficiency, um, while Mississippi won a one adjusted offensive efficiency. So uh, I think Scotty Pippen Jr. here and Vanderbilt um, able to carry a victory, cover this spread here against Ole Miss. Next game on Saturday's card. 
we move to the Big East. We got Xavier taking on Marquette. Um, Xavier comes into this game as a 64th ranked team in the hot to bet rankings. Marquette 59, Xavier 13 and 6 on the season, Marquette 12 and 13. Um, and this Marquette team is actually a team that I've, I've bet on a couple times here in the last few weeks. You know, took them in that um, um, that, that late season non-conference game there against uh, North Carolina. Took them um, the next week, and I don't remember who they played. Maybe Villanova. I can't honestly remember that game. But um, I actually like Xavier in this game. Xavier's also a team that I've bet on quite a bit. So these are kind of two teams that I've bet on quite a bit. Um, but I think Xavier kind of has the edge here. Um, and it really shows just how good they are on both sides of the basketball. Xavier's 72nd in adjusted defensive efficiency, while Marquette only 91st in adjusted defensive efficiency. Xavier also better in offensive efficiency, 46th in adjusted offensive efficiency, Marquette 65th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, and I think that's really backed up by how well um, Xavier has shot the ball this season. You know, 52.4 effective field goal percentage for the Xavier team. Marquette, on the other hand, only an effective field goal percentage of 50.8. And Xavier's just done a very good job not turning it over. Only turns it over on 16.1% of their possessions. Omar Marquette turns it over on 20.9% of theirs. So, um, like Xavier to cover the spread here against Marquette. And the final game that we have um, for Saturday's card, we move out west with Seattle taking on Cal Baptist. Um, Seattle comes into this one as the 292nd ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Cal Baptist, three slots ahead at 289. Um, both these teams are pretty similar records. You know, Seattle 10 and 9 on the season, Cal Baptist 12 and 8 on the season. Um, but kind of what sticks out the most about these two teams is just kind of their their differentiating um, um, stats in shooting. You know, Cal Baptist knocking down 39.9% of their shots from beyond the arc. We'll see Addles only hitting 31.7% of theirs. Um, Cal Baptist also doing a very good job of shooting the ball in general. You know, an effective field goal percentage of 357 Seattle, not good at 46.9. You know, when you have that big of a discrepancy um, in, in offensive shooting, it really it really becomes hard for the worst shooting team to win games. You know, even though defense um, is a big factor in these games, too, when you're not hitting any shots, you know, it's, it's hard to win. You can't win a basketball game without making points. Um, and, and I think Cal Baptist definitely has the edge there. You know, they're 150th in adjusted offensive efficiency, while Seattle 263 in adjusted offensive efficiency. So definitely like Cal Baptist there. And Cal Baptist is doing also doing a good job of rebounding the ball off the offensive board, pulling down 28.3% of those, while Seattle only rebounding 25.2% off the offensive glass. So definitely like Cal Baptist here in this one to close out Saturday's card. Now moving on to Sunday, got a little bit of a smaller card on Sunday. Um, but still a couple games I like. The first game we got starting out in the Big Ten, we got Nebraska taking on Northwestern. Now there's no hiding the fact that Nebraska is one of the worst teams um, in the Big Ten, um, for sure. I mean, one of the <laughs> worst teams of the country, Power Five anyway. Um, 144th in the hot tip rankings for this Nebraska team. Northwestern on that hand, slightly more higher, um, 81st in the hot tip at rankings. Nebraska also doing um, not a great job um, as far as winning games, a seven and seventeen on the season. Northwestern eight and fourteen. Um, now Northwestern has shot the ball um, slightly better from beyond the arc coming into this one. Thirty four point four percent from three from them, while Nebraska only hitting thirty three percent. Northwestern has also done a great job shooting free throws. Seventy three point four percent from the free throw line for them, while Nebraska only a sixty two point seven percent free throw. Um, um, for them, Nebraska also an effective field goal percentage of 48.1, while Northwestern an effective field goal percentage of 50.4. Um, and Nebraska um, is honestly just the worst team 
um, on both sides of the basketball. I mean, defense is pretty comparable, to be quite honest, though. You know, Nebraska's 31st in adjusted defensive efficiency, while Northwestern 35 in adjusted defensive efficiency. But what really comes into play, um, Nebraska just is not as good on offense. 185th in adjusted offensive efficiency for this Nebraska team, while Northwestern um, 121 in adjusted offensive efficiency. So definitely like Northwestern here to uh, win and cover in that one. And the second game we got for Sunday, got a Pac-12 matchup between Oregon and Oregon State. Oregon comes into this one as the 29th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Oregon State 91. Um, Oregon 18-5 on the season. Oregon State 14-11. Now what I really like about this Oregon team is how well they've shot the ball. 36.7% from beyond the arc with them with an effective field goal percentage of 53.4%. Oregon State, on the other hand, 33.8% from beyond the arc with an effective field goal percentage of 47.6. Um, and this Oregon team is just a better team on both sides of the basketball. Very good on offense, 22nd adjusted offensive efficiency, 70th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Oregon State, on the other hand, um, worse in both categories, 98th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 114th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, and it kind of shows, you know, and just their ability to not turn the ball over. Oregon only turning those over on 17.1% of their possessions. Oregon State turning over on 17.2% of theirs. Um, Oregon's also rebounding the ball off the offensive glass slightly better at 29.7%. Well, Oregon State 29.2%. So definitely like Oregon um, in this Pac-12 one here to, to, to win and cover in that game. Now, as far as picks for Monday's card goes, um, obviously with the conference tournaments, um, ramping up here this next week it's going to be a little can't really look ahead as far as matchup goes because well to be quite honest we don't really know the matchups i think there's currently only two games um scheduled for monday so um definitely look to twitter to see any picks that i like for monday's card um as far as that goes and that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the hot dip bets podcast if you haven't already checked out the computer picks model over on the website make sure you go check that out got horse racing college basketball nba um, NHL picks up there daily. You're going to have um, here in a month, you know, April 1st opening day for the MLB season. We'll have all of those picks up there. Also got the rankings up on the website for college basketball, NHL, NBA, all those obviously updating daily with the college basketball's top 25 um, dropping on Monday. But I mean, let's look at the top 25 any other day. You already know it. Um, and also up on the website, got full results for all of the picks given out here on the podcast from me. Also got all the computer picks up there. Um, if you aren't already following me on BetStamp, make sure you head over and do that. You can see all of the lines that I get for all of these games that I give out um, over there, um, usually probably a day before they're even posted on Twitter or the website or anywhere. So if you want to be up to date on you know exactly what I'm betting on, that is the quickest place to see. You can set up notifications for every time I put a bet in um, and see what I'm betting on. Um, I've been using that app for about a week or so now, and I'm absolutely loving it. Just a great app. Um, and if you aren't already following me on Twitter and Instagram, um, make sure you follow me over there on Hot Tip Bet, Hot Tip Bets Chris. Um, also hot, at Hot Tip Bets Chris on um, on Best Stamp, and also make sure you're following the Hot Tip Bets main account on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe down below, leave a comment, like the video. Definitely helps out with all of that. So thanks for listening to episode what are we episode 35 of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. Um, and I'll see you guys all next week.